from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. You must pick up the self Never mind what anybody else does. Pick up the self Never mind what anybody else does. Pick up the self Never mind what anybody else does. Pick up the self It's the week of Friday, February 19th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with us in our Orlando, Florida studios is Roxanne Weeman. Hi. Remember that one time on the yes. podcast where I called you Wyman? You did. Yes. And I had known barely, you for a year yeah. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that again. Yeah. It, it haunts it my dreams. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he just thought he'd bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the time when I forgot your name? I knew your name. I just <laughs> mispronounced it because it's spelled weird. You don't want to call her like a wee little man. <laughs> so you'd rather err the other direction. Thanks and, for and, that, and, Josh, and, for sorry. pointing out the middle school jokes. Yeah, sorry. And that uh, voice is Josh Loveless. <laughs> hey, people. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, is none other than Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. We have an amazing podcast for you today. I say that every week, but this time I mean it. We have a live performance by Dave Bazan, uh, formerly Pedro the Lion, Mm -hmm. David Bazan. Um, And and also we have part two of Josh's interview with Jason Russell from Invisible Children. It's Russell, not Russell. (laughs) So you know, you're paranoid. He is upset. Yeah, yeah. He and I have now a beef. Um, so anyway, that's coming up later. Stay tuned. In the meantime, uh, I should give a note. Uh, Ryan is still with his Chinese girlfriend in now in Ohio. Yes, they're traveling the country. If people uh, listen to this, the parents. this podcast week to week, they it sounds as if Ryan doesn't work here very much. <laughs> <laughs> he's just globe trotting. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say he's globe trotting to exotic locales like China and, and Ohio and Cleveland. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, over Christmas break, he went to um, Austria, Austria, and, and then, then continued all the way over to. China and then came and then back. Came back, but came back the other way. Oh, so so he, he literally flew around the globe. He, he circumnavigated yes. the globe over okay. Christmas. What'd you do? I don't know. I don't honestly know how he has the money to do this. Well, you, he you has should, a you, Vespa. You, That's true. <laughs> He's frugal in other areas. You should know exactly how he has the money yeah. to do this. He spends the money on travel and liquor. I think yeah, that's the only thing. I think thing. that's it. I think that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Maybe he has like pack. a secret job we don't know about. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And it could have something to do with China. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, government yeah. secrets. He'll be back I next think, week. I think it's safe to assume that, though, that he's some sort of spy. Yeah, well, he's the <laughs> unlikeliest one, so you know he's They so always fun. are. It's not like the movies. And then Roxy's sitting in for Maya, who is mm. um, on death's door this week. Oh, gosh. Not to over-exaggerate Jeez. She has a cold. The cold that I had a few weeks ago, yeah. I think I passed to her. You how, know, us being married. How did, right. you know. how did how did exactly did it get passed? Don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't know if you want to let us in. And I'm afraid that's going to be passed to our infant child. Yeah. You know, because this morning her, she was breathing her vapors up in his face. And that really concerned me. I'm mm-hmm. like, stop breathing on our child. You are infected. And, and one of our staffers has mono. So I don't know what's going on Place. here. It's like oh. the plague. <laughs> I am very glad I'm on Skype today. Yeah. We have a sick office. Um, it's and, awesome. And another another note about today: we're recording on Tuesday uh, for the Friday podcast. It's the day before Lent starts. I'm drinking a Snapple because starting tomorrow for Lent, I am I'm going water only for 40 days. Oh wow! I did that last and year. It's really hard. I, I was going to say you're you're not only doing it; you're going on record before it starts. Yeah. So. Well, I already went on record on Twitter. So wow. that's kind of so that's why you have two snapples. I have two snapples. Well, I normally have two snapples, but this <laughs> this just shows my addiction to caffeine and tasty beverages. Yeah. So, so you're saying water only, no juice, no milk, water only for 40 days, no food. So, so I tweeted this, you know, this pronunciation pronouncement for something. I said something. You tweeted something. I tweeted this thing uh, and, and said, you know, doing water and Bloodwater Mission wrote me back and said, hey, you should do it so we could get money. Yeah. They <laughs> so, did that last year too. Yeah. So apparently they have a 40 days of water thing for Lent mm-hmm. and you can go onto their website if you make this, you know, uh, commitment 
and you can journal every day. And then at the end of it, tally up how much money you saved by not buying beverages right. and give it to them. And buy so yourself you have to be organized true too. religion jeans with the profit. <laughs> and so I just told them, nice. how about this? I'm too lazy to do that. I'll just cut you a check at the end for something. <laughs> okay. so, so I think they'll be fine with that. Yeah, so. forget the whole journaling thing. Yeah. It's bad enough that you're not able to drink soda every day. It's even worse that you'd have to write about it. <laughs> I'm gonna be a, the journals will be progressively like meaner. And, yeah, more irritable. Yeah. Well, today sucked again. I didn't have a soda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <It's> the end. <laughs> okay, so let's get rolling. First up, entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February 23rd. We have a few options here. Starfield is coming out with The Saving One. Alkaline Trios coming out with This Addiction. Daniel Merriweather with Love and War. And the Shout Out Louds with Work. Now, let me mention something about music. Uh, Relevant FM is up. We're getting a lot of feedback about it. Uh, we, we actually released a Mac app. It's out. I mentioned it on the podcast. And for once, we delivered it mm-hmm. before I said it Impressive. would come out. <laughs> Pretty exciting Turning there. over a new leaf. Yeah. <laughs> so rather than months after I said it would come out. So uh, the Mac app, the Mac desktop app is out. And Relevant FM is up. People are listening to it all day long. They're giving us feedback. And they said, love it. Music's great. This is awesome. Sure would love a lot more music. So this week mm-hmm. on Relevant FM, we actually introduced more than five hours of additional new songs. Wow. Yeah. And next week, we're going to introduce several more hours of new songs. So the bottom line is you could listen at your your entire workday every day and not hear the same song more than twice the entire week. So... We're pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's a big deal. You can't do that with much with even radio stations, or maybe even yeah. Pandora. Yeah. So, pretty excited about that. Uh, Chad Michael Snavely, our illustrious producer behind the wall of glass. Hey, Chad, are you on mic? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Sorry for not introducing you. <laughs> that's all right. So, um, <laughs> I was just chomping out a pretzel. A little bit. <laughs> I was going to say you chimed right in though. So, he, yeah, at least we know you're paying attention. He's to attentive. That. Yeah. Uh, so he's been working night and day, uh, literally over the weekend, trying to find new music. And the cool thing about the new music we're adding is it's not only uh, genre diverse. Uh, we got hip hop, we have acoustic, progressive, we have college. It's indie. It's amazing uh, diversity, but it's all lyrically substantive, socially redemptive, spiritually redemptive music. It's really cool. Uh, when we sit down in our selection meetings, the first thing I ask is, "What's this about?" Show me the lyrics. And Chad's been vetting it. We've been we go through the lyrics. It's different than Pandora in that respect. We actually are looking at the content of what the music's saying. So check it out, Relevant FM. It's pretty cool. You could listen all day, every day, and not get tired of it. Other than you'd hear Chad a whole lot. Yeah, you'll he- probably get tired of me. <laughs> yeah, I, even I am tired of myself. <laughs> so you- and let's be let's be honest. Around hour five, are there some Chad Michael Snavely originals that <laughs> yeah. have been there? Yeah, there are. <laughs> like beatboxes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, just some late night stuff that I've thrown together over the years. <laughs> I actually have to admit, uh, we did add two uh, fun items that were just for our own amusement this week. We added Rocket Town by Michael W. Smith. <laughs> and we added I Don't Want It, the abstinence anthem by DC Talk. Oh, I was going to say, y- 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 you can't tell me that you sat there and programmed all that music and didn't throw a couple little nuggets like we that. We had to. We got bored. We got a little feisty. So, uh, 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 Chad, actually, throw me a little I Don't Want It right now. Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. See, Is this you- because everyone's sick? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all just hopped up on NyQuil over here. This is so. how everyone got sick, actually. <laughs> the byproduct of that song. Relevant FM, check it out. Uh, okay, movie releases coming out on Friday, February 26th. We have uh, two wide releases, a couple of limited releases. It's a double wide. Cop Out, <laughs> the atrocious looking disaster starring Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan is You know, th- this movie was actually made a few years ago starring Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work in then. a taxi cab yeah, yeah. I, I think Cop Out was also made by Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman uh, you guys may remember Double Team back in the day yeah. so but apparently and Cop Out is such a formidable uh, you know competition to the other right. studios nobody wanted to release anything no, else that weekend no yeah. right so I, we're even the yeah. name sounds generic <laughs> Cop Out and it's perfect it's the Cop Out yeah. in the middle yeah. of movie slump 
before Elsa. Now, is this the one that stars Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah. Jonathan, or there was Jonathan Reese Meyer and John Travolta two weeks ago in From Paris with Love. Basically, same story. Uh, the, the obvious one is Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, but yeah, I like. Yeah, but that one was actually watchable. Lethal Weapon Two. Well, le- hold on, Lethal Weapon Two mm-hmm. opening sequence. Is them running out of a collapsing, imploding building. Do you remember that? Not familiar, but I'll watch it on TBS later this week. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Lethal Weapon Two, mm-hmm. the opening sequence is uh, they're in there, they're in a building, uh, an office building, trying to deactivate a bomb. They are not successful, so they run out of the building, right. and behind them, the building completely explodes or implodes, collapses to the ground. Not special effects. That was actually an implosion of the Orlando City Hall. And I was up at four in the morning downtown watching it happen. Wow. wow. Did you yell that, to Danny Glover, you're getting too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 91. He wasn't old yet. Yeah. Well, he was still old, but maybe not too old. Anyway, so little known fact about Cop Out was that the Lethal Weapon 2 <laughs> opening sequence, I saw it happen. Awesome. Okay, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Now it's time for slices. Take it away, Jesse. All right, well... Uh, I actually have a two for today. Uh, One is pretty short, but this one is, well, they're both pretty short. That's why it's a two for, but they both involve the elderly. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to pull a bigger demographic in. Um, So uh, during the Olympics, they had a lot of really, or the Super Bowl, they had a lot of really funny commercials, but one that got uh, a lot of attention was the one with Betty White. Did you guys see that one where she's playing football? Right, of course. Yeah, well, it was such a hit that there's an online petition now uh, to try to get Lauren Michaels to invite her to host SNL this season. She would be amazing <laughs> as an SNL host. Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope every skit would just be her getting tackled. Like Tim Tebow's mother? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tim Tebow and his mom just tackling Betty White for an hour. <laughs> With musical guests of Foo Fighters. <laughs> okay, so uh, if you want to sign that petition, just uh, Google Betty White SNL petition. Um, right now, over 300,000 people <laughs> have signed it. Uh, but Betty White says she's pretty sure it's not going to happen. She's flattered that people are doing it. But uh, she's pretty sure that uh, Lauren Michaels is, is unaware of it. So we need to do everything we can not to possible. make it. Not possible. Not possible. Listen, any late night TV show needs 300,000 new viewers, so not possible. Lauren Michaels is unaware. And, and hey, they, maybe SNL is going for a little bit dif- different demographic, too. You know, <laughs> Like the relevant podcasts. So, all right, I'm going to do one more just because I thought this was awesome. Um, there was a 79-year-old boater in Florida, okay? And I, I love everything about this story, including the picture on the news story. The dude, because this old man is exactly how I want to be when I'm 79. He's got like a white polo on. He's wearing like khaki shorts. He's got, uh, you know, like the little khaki kind of fedora thing, like black Ray-Bans on. I can only imagine that Michael McDonald is rocking hard on the yacht he's on, okay? And I'm sure he's wearing like Sperry topsiders, just a sweet-looking dude. 79, he was going to take his 23-foot long motorboat to the Bahamas from Florida, uh, which seems like an insane feat. It seems like an insane thing to do because that's not a very big boat. Anyway, he gets lost and gets stranded on an abandoned desert island. So an old man gets lost. <laughs> that's the story? Well, he's he's stuck on an island, just like in the movies. So how do we know about this? Because he was made friends. He got saved. I mean, he was saved. <laughs> no, no. Maybe he, he got spiritually, saved. He got rescued. He got rescued. Right. Did he like put a bunch of stones in the beach that says help? After he fought uh, off the smoky monster. And made friends with a volleyball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knocked out and his he own did all tooth. of that uh, for four days. Yeah. No, he actually had a cell phone on him and he was able to. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I don't know. Hold I on. cell reception on this yeah, deserted island. An uninhabited <laughs> island gets better cell reception than my neighborhood. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he, he didn't. Use, he doesn't have AT&T. Though. Yeah. Okay. He was on Verizon. I get yeah, it. Yeah. So there's the moral of the <laughs> yeah, story. He here. had the now network. Um, so yeah. Can you hear me now? I'm stuck on an island. But no, I just thought that was awesome that, you know, when you hear, when you watch TV shows, you know, you watch Lost or, or you know, uh, you know, any of these movies where someone gets lost on an uninhabited island, you think there's no way that could ever really happen. Like, there's no place on Earth that is just an abandoned island, you know? But I just think it's kind of cool that each of us still has the potential to live that dream. Jesse, there's like literally like 800-something islands in the Bahamas. 
And I mean, you can't think they're all inhabited. I'm just saying. I think there was a Hyatt on the backside of that island. He just never discovered just it. Never yeah. Knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, See, your thing about the whole like boating to the Bahamas sounds crazy. It's nine. Yeah. Uh, Nassau is 90 miles due east of the Florida coast. So if you left the Florida coast and went 30 miles an hour, which is very attainable, uh, a, a normal boat will go like 45. So you say you go 30, a nice conservative pace. Three hours later, you're in the Bahamas. It's like a well, flight. Yeah. But a 23 Maybe. foot boat, it did. That's he did get capsized. Like that is how he got did stuck. He, on he, the he got capsized. Yeah, it turned over and it crashed oh. on the rocks. Well, see, the I think for me, like I have such a terrible sense of direction. Like I get, I get turned around and like lost in a little panicky in the grocery store sometimes. Yeah, a little panicky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, so, wait. No. So the guy set out for a three-hour tour and got capsized <laughs> and ended up on an island. He must not have checked yeah. the weather. Did he have like a year's worth of wardrobe with him and so have a lot of misadventures? I mean, really? You guys know yeah, what it's like. That's the thing. So many of these like TV show cliches that we all kind of grow up and like hope to one day think it'd be cool to experience. Like I know I'm never going to get hit on the head with a coconut and lose my memory for like a day, you know? (laughs) And then like, you know, in in, watching a baseball game get hit again and it restored. I know that's not going to happen. I know it's a TV cliche. I can actually get stranded on an island. Does anyone else think that's cool? You could build a giant tree house and live there forever. I could could drive you to an island right now and leave you, come back, you'd have your little adventure. I would love it. As long as you have your cell phone, him you're there? good. I yeah, I would, to, I would be, I would be, and I would have a video camera. I'd be total survivor man. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought people would think that's cool. Apparently not. So I think it's cool. Go, go petition for Betty White. Then. <laughs> not as cool as this. Mike Sorrentino, uh, Jesse, you, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, do I know the situation? AKA the, the situation. situation. You better believe I know the situation. Um, MTV. You're, you're talking to the situation's biggest fan. I know. I know. I know. Are you going to talk about his cologne? That's what I'm talking about. Yes. He's already pre ordered. Yeah. Already pre ordered. Well, he intends to launch his own fragrance dubbed The Sitch. Oh, come yes. on. It sounds dirtier than it probably smells. It's for the first time, in my opinion. Ever, you can smell like tanning oil and Ed Hardy. <laughs> how, how in the Ed world? Ed Hardy's morning breath. I know. How oh. in the world do you buy the sitch with a straight face? <laughs> I like, I mean, Jesse, this is why I'm asking you. I, I, this is not rhetorical. Right. I want right. to know how in the world do you step up to the little kiosk in the mall when you want to buy your cologne at a discount? And, and order the sitch with a straight face. Well, let me tell you, when you're wearing a shirt that has velvet angel wings and rhinestones <laughs> all over it that you paid 120 bucks for, they take you serious. But <laughs> <laughs> you're rocking the V-neck as deep as I am. Yeah. yeah. You, Trust me, yeah. they don't mess with you. Do you ever slightly lift the bottom of your shirt to, to show off your airbrushed abs? Oh, I, I it, it's cut that way that it automatically mm. comes up all the time. Okay. All right, it's a halter top, is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. yeah basically, I cut the shirt myself. <laughs> well, because our entertainment releases are a little light this week, I just I felt like the, the expectation of this cologne coming out is something we all can look forward to now. Yeah. Well, it, be, I, I have, because ever since I've become a huge aficionado of the Jersey Shore, I've just been walking around in a cloud of Axe body spray. <laughs> but now I know that there's an official yeah. scent. Oh, there is. There's an official mm. official sitch yeah. coming your way. <laughs> it's not It's not a scent. It's a sitch. It's a sitch. So many yeah. of your dreams can be realized this week, Jesse. <sighs> I know. This is just a great week. You know, I, not only can I get stranded on a desert <laughs> island, I can also smell like the situation. Yes. <laughs> Now, now when people like now, you know, like I, because if I was a situation, I would totally have a hype man. Like when I enter a room, they'd be like, the situation is here. here. Now people, I wouldn't need it because people could just go and like sniff. The situation is here. It's like a built-in hype man for anyone yeah, that it's, buys it's, it. It's a multi-sensory hype man. That's like what it. it is. I like it. Without the, the towel, that's the one thing missing, the, the white hype towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing to swing over my head, yeah. but, you know. It's all right. If they had a situation brand, a Poly D uh, branded towel, I'd probably buy that, too. <laughs> is that for slices? I have one. Okay. Um, they discovered today, or sometime recently, that King Tut had the little boy king that was buried in the tomb, had... Tinder bones, a club foot, 
and that he died from malaria. <laughs> See, hey, I, I I read about like this baby, cut, yeah. you know, you read how in, they finally in fifth grade. You remember? Yeah, yeah, about yeah. Bet, when I was in elementary school, I read about King Tut. This big discovery, like, oh, we finally unraveled the mystery, you know, and it's like millions of dollars and fifty years of research, right. and he died of malaria. All right, next topic. <laughs> like, like seriously, like there's people whose whole career was like trying to figure yeah. this out. Now we, we figured it out and it's like, all right, well, good thing malaria is eradicated. <laughs> it isn't yet. No, no at it can all. Be, but we, we, we need to do something about that, Jesse. It's Maybe this is a reminder. Terrible. Maybe right. King Tut is reminding us to do something about this. There's an article in Reject Apathy in the next section for Relevant Magazine on King Tut and malaria. Right. right? Well, well, I'll say this. It's preventable. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's been solved. Good thing we spent all these decades and millions of dollars of research, and, and we found out that what killed him poses no danger to us and affects us in no way. So, so are we saying... <laughs> I'll, I'm sleeping better tonight. <laughs> so are we saying conclusively now that King Tut had Napoleon syndrome and on all the extravagant afterlife stuff and wealth and gold stuff was because he was a little kid with a club foot. He was, yeah. he was with tender bones, tender bones, like he was maybe probably like bird small. bones. Yeah. You know, like he would get crushed. Right. If so you he was him. really insecure maybe because he was not as strong or as big as his peers. And so he had to overcompensate with all this, just like Napoleon. If he was King Tut, I don't think he had to overcompensate very much. I mean, he was the king. And he had cool hats <laughs> and skirts. But, but maybe he had to have really big hats because he was overcompensating. Right. Well, he might have had a lot of enemies. He probably did. He probably did. Was that a skirt or a skort that they wore? Depends on what was underneath. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's inconclusive. Yikers! Malaria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. On that awkward note, that'll do it for slices. Up next, Dave Bazan. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is the part of the podcast where you get to listen to me tell you how important it is to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. That's right. We know that you will absolutely love Relevant Magazine. I mean, hey, you love the podcast already. You're listening. Maybe you don't love the podcast, okay? We, we won't assume that, but you're listening. And if you don't get the magazine, we really think that you would like it. Go over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe and sign up. And don't forget that right now, half of every subscription dollar that comes in, we are sending to World Vision's relief efforts in Haiti. It's really a great time to sign up. If you don't get Relevant Magazine, why don't you do it today? We know you'd love it. Relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. You're listening to Jonesy. The song is Go Do. It's playing right now on Relevant.tv. Who's Jonesy, you say? It's the lead singer of Sigur Rós. That's why it sounds like Sigur Rós. And do you want to know more about Jonesy? Why I do. Where could I ever find something out more about Jonesy? Why? In the March-April edition of Relevant Magazine. Which is shipping this week to subscribers? Yes! How convenient. And available on newsstands soon. His solo debut is available in April. So if you want to find out about Jonesy before April, check out Relevant TV or the print edition of Relevant Magazine. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Yaysayer. The song is Ambling Alp. It's playing right now on Relevant.fm from their brand new album, Odd Blood. Okay, yaysayer.net or myspace.com slash yaysayer. Um, Okay, not too long ago, David Bazan came through our fair city here in Orlando. He did not stop by the relevant offices. This is actually a first for us. We are playing a live performance recorded uh, locally, but did not happen in our office. Uh, It was recorded down the street at Park Ave CDs, a wonderful independent record store here in Orlando. Uh, Full Sail, who you might know as kind of one of the leading, um, I guess, audio-video universities, creative universities in the country now, um, actually sent a crew out to record and produce the songs. That's the recording you're about to hear. You can check out davidbazan.com, it's B-A-Z-A-N, or myspace.com slash davidbazan. 
Here is David Bazan recording Curse Your Branches. Red and orange Or red and yellow In which of these right now Please take a moment But I need your signature Before you leave When I sleep I'm usually dreaming But more and more There's only one Where every hired gun I've ever fired Is making love to you While I their branches for not letting them decide where they should fall and not letting them refuse to fall at all digging up the root of my confusion If no one planted it then how does it grow And why are some hell bent upon there being an answer While some are quite content to answer, I don't know. And all fallen leaves should curse their branches for not letting them decide where they and not letting them refuse to fall at all That was David Bazan. The song is Curse Your Branches. Check him out at davidbazan.com. Listening to Florence plus the machine. The song is You've Got the Love, but it's not the normal You've Got the Love that's on the song or on the album Longs. It is the remix by the XX. And how do we know about this song, Chad? Well, if you listen to Relevant FM well, for yeah. like 20 hours straight, you'll probably hear it once. That is, well, that's true. <laughs> it is playing right now on relevant.fm. However, it's also, there's a new show on HBO that just uh, debuted last week called How to Make It in America. And to coincide with that release, they actually 
or, or that launch or debut, they released a mix album. If you Google it, it's available online. It's produced by Kid Cudi and some others. And there's it's 20 tracks of awesome. And this song actually appears on that mix album. So it's playing right now on relevant.fm. You can check it out. MySpace.com slash Florence and the Machine or MySpace.com slash the XX. How do we find this stuff? Uh, I stay up late hours, Josh. <laughs> I found this one. Oh, you found it, no, too. No, I found this one first. I don't know. You didn't mm. tell me about it, so I found uh, okay. it, too. I claim co-finding. Co- okay, okay. This is one of the best songs ever. Wow. It is. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's, it's, that's it, a huge wow. claim, but it is. Of the year? Wow. It's February. Yeah. Wow. Of the last year? It's great. It's a great one of the best non King Tut related songs <laughs> ever written. <laughs> well, I would agree with that. It, it is. It's a fantastic song. It's a great remix too. Well, if you listen to last week's podcast, you heard Josh's interview with Jason Russell, uh, the founder and filmmaker. I, I guess I should say co-founder and filmmaker for Invisible Children. It was a compelling uh, interview. In fact, my uh, when I listened to the podcast, I told Chad he asked if I had any notes or changes. I said, "Yeah, I wanted the interview to be longer." Uh, it's rare that we get into a 15-minute long interview and want it to be longer. It was, I just wanted to hear more. So now you're going to hear more. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we get into, I think there was a little bit of concern from some people about, okay, where does the faith element come in? I think one of the things that you'll hear Jason and I get a chance to to talk about is uh, spirituality and faith and uh, yeah, what role that plays in the organization that they are and the kind of people and leaders that uh, the Jason and the other co-founders have become. Uh, A little bit about Invisible Children, if you don't know. In the spring of uh, 2003, three Americans, including Jason, traveled to Africa to tell the story of a 20-year-long war and its effect on the children of northern Uganda. The filmmakers discovered children being kidnapped nightly from their homes and forced to fight as child soldiers. The film originally screened in June 2004 for friends and family, and soon expanded to high schools, colleges, churches, uh, from suburban living rooms to Capitol Hill, with coverage on CNN, National Geographic Channel, and more. Uh, the filmmakers are currently working on turning the Invisible Children rough cut into a feature-length film to, re- to be released in theaters internationally. Uh, they formed a nonprofit in 2004, which is actually what you guys talked about last week. Uh, the movement is the awareness, mobilization, and fundraising effort taking place throughout America and other countries around the world by people who are inspired to act. The mission is the ultimate goal of Invisible Children. It is the resources, skills, and funds that hit the ground in Uganda. These resources will provide health, safety, and education for the children of northern Uganda who are affected by this 20-year-long war. Here is part two of Josh Lovelace's interview with Jason Russell. How do you deal with discouragement over this war continuing despite, you know, your efforts and things that things that you're doing? Do you do you have good days and bad days? Do you always feel optimistic and hopeful? How do you personally deal with with some of those feelings? There are definite definite lows. I mean, it's very discouraging when you work you work so hard and you come so close to something and trying as many options as we have from citizens arrest warrants to a bill in Congress talking to Joseph Coney, to come to the peace table, to making a musical. I mean, we've tried so many different avenues of creativity and and thought, but at the end of the day, you know, you are angry, but that anger has got to turn into action. It has got got to turn into action. That's the only way to to funnel that. It it fuels us. So, um, you know, for for myself and for others here, that we're saying we're not stopping until this war's over, until Joseph Coney's brought to justice. So, I mean, that is the carrot on the stick that we will continue to go after. And and as we make the feature film, even right now, the ending completely matters because if we show you the story of the last seven years, and at the end of the day, we're like, well, the war's still going on, and Coney's still on the loose. Yeah, you kind of have a, a bunch of idealists saying well, that didn't work. So what kind of world do we live in? And for us at Invisible Children, that is not an option. It's just not an option. So we're not stopping until um, until this war comes to an end. And, and then we'll take the next day as it comes. Have you thought about what you would do the day the war comes to an end? 
Oh, aside from dancing in the street and and um, was, having beers. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask if there's if if in there's some secret document that has like the party planned and the food <laughs> the food on order ready to go, champagne on ice. Yeah. We we are not that uh, we are not that preemptive. We we I actually you know because I thought we were gonna win the million dollars like a few hours before. Yeah. So I said, should we go get you know some champagne or should we go? And everyone's like, no, we don't have it yet. We can't <laughs> celebrate till till it's done. So I mean, there is I think a one page document about what we would put on our website if today Joseph Coney was either killed or apprehended. We have a strategy as far as what the next phase is but you know internally we would definitely go out and party and we would be most likely on this in the streets of Gulu, uganda celebrating with the people the heroes um on the ground who have risked their lives and endured such horror right uh, for so many years we'd definitely be celebrating and crying and screaming with them your, your ultimate mission, uh, your website says, is that you guys are a social, political, and global movement using the transformative power of story to change lives. Um, and then with a little subtitle that says, by inspiring youth culture to value creativity, idealism, and sacrifice, the movement fuels the most effective, adaptable, and innovative programs in the world. Um, it feels like when, when you pull up to the Invisible Children website, it feels like you're saying that what you guys are doing um, on the ground with your programs is more effective and innovative than what organizations like World Vision and others are doing who have obviously decades and dec- decades of education and experience. Is that how you guys genuinely feel or am I missing something there in that statement? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, since you brought up World Vision, I didn't bring them up. So for the record, <laughs> sure. it's my fault. there are people who, who work for in World Vision on the insides and kind of off record or you know at a party they will tell us don't ever change the fact that you guys are mobile and that you are quick and that you can evolve overnight i mean we make decisions and we can implement them the next day yeah and they have told us that is a huge frustration of theirs that you know as amazing and incredible as world vision's work is they do say that it, it takes um, a lot to steer the ship. They said, you know, if, if there is anything major that they try to to get involved um, with, it takes about two years. Now, I'm not talking about their relief work. You know, if something happens in Haiti or yeah. whatever else, I know they're quick to respond. But as far as like big picture steering the ship, it's about a two year process. And so um, that's one thing that we've been really, really proud of that we can um, adapt overnight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that in a way you kind of have to stick your neck out on the line, similar to like, I believe that Steve Jobs believes that he makes the most uh, user-friendly, incredible, beautiful uh, pieces of technology or, or, or tools for um, uh, society to use yeah. in order to, um, so I believe he believes that. And I think he believed that even when he was 21 and didn't have um, much to back him up. I believe he thought he could do that. And so in some way, you know, there is an arrogance to the mission statement, but at the same time, um, we are really proud of the work we do and we stand behind it. And, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the question or if I'm answering it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just curious if, 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 cause it just feels like a bold statement. It's like, wow. Okay. Like there's a lot of nonprofits out there doing a lot of really good things. And to, yeah. to claim to claim to be the most effective, to have the most effective programs in the world feels like a really powerful statement. So I just, I wanted to hear from you where, where some of that was coming from. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like, um, depending on, I guess it depends on what you consider effective. Um, you know, like someone asked us recently, you know, how much does it cost to rescue a child soldier? Like, what's, what's the breakdown? Is it 300 bucks? Is it 3,000? Yeah. Is it $3 million? And so, you know, I, I think when, you, when I look at the word effective, I, I look at the whole statement in the sense of, you know, engaging youth culture to become an activist. And through that, we garner the energy and resources to pour into these programs on the ground who, when people from the United Nations visit, they say, 
we need to learn how you guys are doing it because your programs are more effective than the ones we visit yeah. uh, anywhere else. So when you, ha- when you have people from the top coming down to the ground and saying, we never thought of it that way, you guys are listening to the people on the ground better than any organization. And, you know, of course we're biased because it's our organization, but hearing it from government officials or people who've been on the ground in northern Uganda for years have said invisible children's work has done far more um, than, than any other. I mean, we're, we're rebuilding more secondary schools than anyone we have more scholars. We're the only, actually, um, NGO on the ground providing high school scholarships to Ugandans and, and university scholarships. So, yeah, I mean, we don't work everywhere in the world. We just work in, in northern Uganda and then in the western kind of hemisphere telling the story yeah. so yeah I, it is a bold statement but um i guess that's kind of why we put it out there too because it is controversial and then they'll get people to say are you sure about that yeah 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 it's bold it's, i like it How have you as a team and as an organization wrestled with um, with the faith element, um, not just as the foundation and reason behind why you you know you believe that the justice is uh, is on the heart of God, but but how have you guys wrestled with the issues of of faith not only in your personal lives but in in the stories of your organization as, as you guys have become more and more of a, a topic of mainstream conversation? Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, for myself, like I, I accepted Christ into my heart when I was five, and my first experience with Africa was on a missions trip, spreading the gospel through a uh, drama with a, a, a large organization, and um, and so there was a disillusionment or a distaste for that approach to the uh, Christendom message being spread. I felt that there was a bridge that needed to be built, and and that bridge has always been um, getting to know individuals face to face, one on one, and and I think that like you know uh, I don't know um, if it was a musician that said I, I'm I'm lacking the reference, but he said, "Am I a Christian musician or am I a musician that's Christian?" I mean, you don't meet a fireman and say like, "I'm a Christian fireman." Like, yeah. Yeah. I put out fires for Christ, you know? It's like, no, you're a fireman who loves the Lord. And so whenever there's a time to share our faith, you know, the founders and the management team, we encourage and totally do it. it we're not afraid to say, like, I'm a lover of, of Christ and what He brought to earth and what He's doing in the world. But there is such a delicate balance to bringing that into um, the work arena when it comes to the, the culture right now at large. And I, and I think that there's been a lot of criticisms that we've had through the years, but um, when it comes down to it, um, we are not afraid to say, I as an individual am this, yeah. but Invisible Children isn't, it's not its mission to bring Christ's message to the Invisible Children. And, and when people say, well, why don't you bring Christ to those children in Uganda? And my answer has always been because they know Christ far more than I or anyone in the Western world or in the Christian church knows Christ, because that's truly all that they've ever had. And they've taught me so much more about my faith than I ever um, dreamt of bringing them. And I mean, that's the truth for anyone who's ever gone. They say, wow, I've never, I never went to church until I went to an African church and realized when they said, give me the give me today this daily bread, they meant that prayer, and they're expecting God to show up in that. So um, we just always felt really, not offended, but felt it was too delicate of a um, choice to put, like, the cross on our website or to put a fish on the (laughs) website because you're honestly, you know, dealing with the the truth and... um, you're dealing with the, the creator. And so to make a brand around that and for have money to flow in and out around that idea, um, at least in our paradigm, felt um, 
cheap or inauthentic. Right. Um, so th- I think that was just our disillusionment and our aversion to that. Um, that's just me candidly speaking. But <laughs> No, I, I totally get what you're talking about. I, I think... Um, I think I'm just curious. I mean, some of this is just even personal. Yeah. Like what what conversations have you guys had about the holistic rehabilitation of, of some of the, the children that you guys have worked with and, and what role their spiritual development might play in some of the rehabilitation that you believe should take place in their lives? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, Dr. Ravi Zacharias does a great uh, sermon and he talks about in the Eastern Hemisphere, you know, if life is a circle and then there's a dot in the middle of the circle, in the West, the, the larger circle, it represents the I, the me, the individual, the ego. And then the, the little dot in the middle is spirituality. It's our Wednesday night Bible study or it's, you know, the church on Sunday. That's, that's how the West views spirituality. It is like a uh, cherry on top. Yeah. In... In Africa and in a lot of the East, it is the opposite. The I is the dot. The me is the dot. And the larger circle is spirituality. Every single thing that they do, um, it it is through the lens of um, the spiritual world. And so it is not like, uh, for, for us, the mentors that are rehabilitating the children who've been affected by this war, it is not a question whether spirituality plays into it or doesn't. Yeah. It is not something like a line item on on an annual report or anything. It's like, of course, you know, they they. I've never met a Ugandan that is an atheist. They they don't understand why anyone would not believe in God because God brings the sun in the morning and He brings the rain. Right. And you know, so to them, they think, how stupid do you have to be to not believe in God? I mean. They, they can't understand that that process and mm-hmm. so um, again just their spiritual life is so much more engaged and involved in their day-to-day that having like a spiritual holistic healing element to these children who've been affected by the war is a no-brainer it's totally a part of, of the healing and the message and at the same time it's difficult to communicate that or translate to the West who has been raised on um, science, logic, and reasoning, and, and not so much emphasized on the spiritual realm. That was Jason Russell, co-founder and filmmaker of Invisible Children. To find out more and ways you can get involved, check out invisiblechildren.com. You're listening to Phantogram. That just sounds awesome. The song is When I'm Small. It's currently playing now on Relevant.fm. It's from their brand new album, Eyelid Movies. It's a mix of organic and electronic sounds with swirling guitars, spaced out synths, and chopped up samples and rhythms. Is that your description of them, Chad? Um, yeah, I came up with that before I read it on their MySpace page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just jotted it down real quick. And, and every other indie rock band's MySpace page. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, that, was like a, that was like an indie rock Mad Lib you just yeah. did, Cameron. It wasn't indie what? rock. It was. They are synthy electro indie. Think think, huh. por- think Portishead with a little bit more guitar. Yeah. Uh, again, Helpful. another like uh, indie rock uh, Mad Lib. <laughs> I'm so conf- think this think this cool obscure band with this instrument <laughs> designed to make you cool at parties. Uh, check it out on relevant.fm. Okay, we want to bring you the second song from Dave Bazan. Now, Chad, you actually saw his show when he yeah. came through. Right? Yeah, there was probably six or seven of us from Relevant that went. And did we, we get comp tickets or did Relevant pay for um, those tickets? Or was it individual purchases? A couple of us, <clears throat> Ryan and Chad, did get comp tickets um, because I was dealing with Ryan or with uh, David's publicist That's trying nice. to get these tracks. See, folks, this is the yeah. perks. This is the mm. glamorous yeah. side right. of, yes. the mus- of the <laughs> media industry. <laughs> he, was, he was unbelievable in concert, but I will say it was one of the most depressing shows I've ever yeah. been at in my life. Why? Um, because his music is so weighty and uh, yeah. and it's just very very 
it's very introspective. And after a while, you're just like, oh my gosh, like I love this music, but I feel like I'm going to cry. Um, but I like depressing music anyway, so it was kind of cool. But I will say one thing that was interesting is, is he asked for questions from the audience throughout the evening. He was like, you guys can ask me anything, because it was at the socials, a small venue, and people were asking him some of the lamest questions I've ever heard in my life. I mean, you have a chance to ask David Bazan any question, and they were like, what's your favorite beer? Oh, You know, gosh. like stupid stuff like that. And I mean, you know. Actually, our, our, our interviewer did the same. It was really. Yeah, it was really very sad. embarrassing. It was <laughs> actually our interviewer. Beer? It was just all in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the interview. He yeah. was just yelling. That's how it was conducted. <laughs> but anyways, he was, he was really, really good to see live, I will say, even though it was depressing. All right, here is David Bazan performing When We Fell. With the threat of hell Hanging over my head like a halo I was made to believe in a couple of beautiful truths That eventually had the effect of completely unraveling The powerful curse put on me was david bazan song is when we fell check him out at myspace.com slash david bazan all i have all 
listening to Matt Carney. The song is All I Have on the other end of the sonic spectrum from David Bazan. It's playing right now. Get this for the first time ever, both on relevant.tv and relevant.fm. Is, the fir- is that the first combo? Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, I yeah. think it is too. Well, considering relevant.fm is like a week old, <laughs> we're like one for four. So it's from his latest album called City of Black and White. Um, it's about segregation. It'll he'll be on tour through March. MattCarney.com. It's not really about segregation. Okay, <laughs> it's time for your. It's about King Cut too. <laughs> it's, it's time for your feedback. Last week we announced our plans to create a relevant podcast, a calendar in the vein of the firefighter calendars of <laughs> of your. Um, so we asked you for your ideas and inspiration, and a, a couple of you called in. A couple of you posted on our podcast episode page, and a couple of you contacted me personally, which made me a little uncomfortable. Um, but uh, here is <laughs> your feedback. In fact, the ones who uh, contacted me personally almost unanimously sent me the link to awkwardfamilyphotos.com. Oh, to, what a great website. To use it is. as yeah. inspiration. It is good. It is great. Um, anyway, here are your replies to uh, our question of uh, we need ideas for our, for our uh, calendar. Uh, Chad B., uh, on our episode page from last week, uh, suggested a 12-month calendar. First of all, the fact that he would suggest a 12-month calendar, I found fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That no, no, they would if, do 14 months. I mean, so you can buy them in October, November, and still be yeah. still be good. Only like people who live alone with their cats do that. Buy 14 month yeah, calendars. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, the fact that and, he, and they're and they're all cat themed. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he had to specify it's a 12 month calendar. They'll say hang in there, and they have the little kitten <laughs> hanging from the branch. Those are really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he says a 12 month calendar, uh, featuring both magazine and podcast staff as if we have a large podcast staff and then there's a large <laughs> magazine, right, right. Staff. So there's several pieces to this, inf- you know, this suggestion that I love. Um, there's a lot of full-time paid podcast staff, right, Jesse? Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a full-time job. It is. It coming, is. Up, coming up with this kind of goal. This is good. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, a 12-month calendar featuring both magazine and podcast staff in the roles of characters from Arrested Development. For example, Cameron would be Michael, Chad Aww. would be Job, Maya could do a dual role of Lindsay and Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan could be Buster, he yeah, says. That's, that's true. He says Josh could yeah. be Tobias. Why do I have to be the never news guy? <laughs> well, and Jesse right. could be George Senior. He says the only issues I came up with would who would do the roles of George Michael and Lucille. I would think Jesse would be more George Michael than George Senior, personally. Yeah, I can see that. Can we Chad, Chad would yeah. be George Senior, definitely because he's bald. <laughs> I've got the head for it. Yeah, I can see it, <laughs> and he likes to hang out in the attic. Yeah, and yeah. I feel so left out. This is mm-hmm. awkward with, with I feel I like Roxy. You could be Lucille. Awesome. You'd be Lucille. Thanks. You would. Yeah, I'm really good at that. Which Cranky one? Mother Lucille role. one or Lucille two? I feel like Roxy's <laughs> been invited to a party uh, because she found out about it, not because she was invited. <laughs> this feels really Wait, uncomfortable. No, we were planning on you so being cool. Lucille the whole time. I know. We were, we were yeah. totally going to invite you. <laughs> All right. JD Wright said, for obvious reasons, this would work better in 2012 than 2011. But the overarching theme of the calendar would be the chimpocalypse. <laughs> uh, he said, we would have to, uh, you know, just uh, pick an individual theme, individual uh, pictures each month, but we can just go wild with those. Ape wild, in fact. I like it. JD mm-hmm. Wright. It's true. Good stuff. It is good. Yeah. Well, well we should save that for 2012. Mm-hmm. We should. So we need a 2011 theme, or are we are we going to start mid year 2010? Well, this is what, this <laughs> we is do a 14 month calendar. This is why the 12 month calendar is very interesting because I don't know if there's too many calendars that get put out May to May. What if we do that? Okay, we're doing that just May to May, well, random. <laughs> no, we do May to like August. Yeah, for no reason, no, because we can. Three month calendar because we can. <laughs> Super no, no, no. 15 month. 15 oh, month. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We give more. We we get, we yeah. go above and beyond. We give. Well, what if it, what if it was like a twenty three month? <laughs> oh, like, gosh. why didn't you just do the two years? It's a twenty three month. Sorry. Don't worry about it. Buy another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one we month gotta calendar. sell next year's. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> then we followed up with a one month calendar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a special edition <laughs> it's a one for the same price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I was going to say, uh, this guy, John, he, he must have known that we were going to break it up to a 23-month and a one-month because all he put was Adam punching a whale shark in July. That's his whole comment. <laughs> and Eric Martin uh, says, it would have to be a relevant podcast animal calendar. Of course it would. Here's some animal-related podcast antidotes you could illustrate. He says, uh, Busey and the bird smoothie, Lloyd and the pig, Jesse and the, the chimp bocalypse. Adam punching a whale shark, thanks to uh, John that you just referenced. Stuff versus the kangaroo. And he said, you could also feature relevant favorite artists with animal names, Seabird and Pigeon John. That's good. Yeah, oh, it's pretty decent. It's pretty I like decent. That. I like that. The, it, honestly, the animal theme would be apropos to 90% of our content for the last year and a half. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's good. Uh, Chad, we have a call-in, don't we? Yeah, we do. You want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. This is Kyle Metzger, and I'm from Huntington, Indiana. Uh, in the light of the many blizzards that have seemed to be coming through this area, I thought that maybe um, a good idea for a calendar, instead of swimsuits, maybe to do snowsuits for three main reasons. First of all, fashion. Um, I'm not sure that there's any good source out there for finding out what uh, snowsuits are in this year. Uh, secondly, irony, seeing as none of you have probably ever worn a snowsuit no. nor needed to. And third, um, for modesty, because, you know, it is a, a Christian magazine. That's a really good point. Um, what's, what's more modest than uh, you know, an entire snowsuit? So uh, thanks a lot. Well, hopefully you hear you soon. Bye. Uh, I like it, especially for the summer months. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's good. Like, Maybe we can yeah, dress it'd animals be great to be up at in the beach and everyone else is, you know, in, in, you know, their beach attire and we're out there rocking the snow suits. Yeah. I actually for believe modesty. there's websites for that. They're called Modesty Wear. I watched the I've, 18 oh and, and, and counting kids show, the Duggars on TLC. Yeah. And they wear Modesty Wear and they buy their, their, uh, their beach yeah. wear on modestywear.com, I think. And it's like full, every interview is covered I other than your hands. I think you drowned in it. No, it's lightweight. I don't know. I it's think, just I think modest. Does God care happy. more about our modesty or our comfort in the summer? That's uh, true. Modesty. It's a good point. This is, Love yeah, this is the big question. You can't cause your brother yeah. to stumble. So you need to give up your own comfort yeah. to protect your brother. Well, my brother better just figure out what his problem is. That's what I have to say about that. And why is the brother looking at me? That's what I want to know. This summer, I want to bring back like the old-timey bathing suit that it was sort of like a wrestling unitard. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? I absolutely yeah. do. They were striped horizontally. As long as you wear the yeah. earmuffs that go with the wrestling outfit. <laughs> yeah, it was like, no, it's good. I'm going to rock them just like those guys in the, uh, was it the Heineken commercials yeah. a while back? Uh, yeah. Guinness, maybe? I think Guinness yeah, commercials. Yeah, the Guinness commercials. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, I think we need to, if they're not online, we need to find them yeah. and uh, and sell them on relevantstore.com. Probably yeah. not found at modestywear.com. They would no. be found at modestywear.com. They would, totally. They're a little tight, I, guys. <laughs> no, you get one hey, two sizes too big. Yikers. That's your own hey, decision. Honestly, how surprised would you be like, would you somewhat be like, you know, that that's expected if you went to like uh, American Apparel or like Urban Outfitters and you saw like the striped unitard old timey men's bathing mm -hmm. suit, like try to make it come back. I, I actually would expect it at yeah. American Apparel. Honestly. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I think it could be legit. Yeah, I like and it. Until it is, I'm going to keep wearing it. All right. Well, you guys have given us a lot of food for thought uh, to consider for our. Relevant podcast um, uh, calendar. We actually will come up with a podcast uh, calendar coming up soon. Uh, last time we did anything podcast related, Jesse, you were there. We went down to the Sears Portrait Studio yeah. <laughs> and got a family portrait shot of us. <laughs> we were all dressed up like an Easter uh, portrait, and Jesse, for some reason, had a tennis racket. I don't know why. I, because I think we were trying to portray that we are a classy organization, and we do classy I, I things. I like, says that, like the tennis racket. Adam and I had pipes. Kara had What did Kara have? I don't remember. Uh, and she, she, I think she had like a fur scarf yes, or something, did. like a fur. And then Jesse's sitting in the back, like the son of the family, <laughs> with his little tennis racket to show, like he's sporty. But he, it was so ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, but not just any sport, like a gentleman's sport. Yeah. It, it was. It came off very well with tennis bombs, I think. <laughs> it, did, it was really good. And the funny thing was, is the Sears Portrait Studio lady didn't. I mean, it didn't phase her one bit. <laughs> oh, she, she was, dude. She was pumped the whole time. 
Like she was so excited and like, you know, like cheering us on. Well, she was you so know? excited because we were the only people under 70 who'd been into the Sears portrait studio that month, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. It was great. <laughs> the Sears portrait. Okay. So we'll, we're going to do something of that caliber. If you guys saw that picture back in the day, you know what we're talking about. We will produce a, pod, or a uh, podcast uh, calendar for you. All right. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, earlier in the podcast, uh, Josh brought the slice about the the sitch, the the cologne. To I make, can smell it now. To make you smell like the situation from Jersey Shore, and I don't mean the actual situation that's happening at Jersey Shore right, right now. I mean the guy on the TV I mean, show. That's serious stuff. What's happening? <laughs> it's at the, terrible. The Jersey Shore. It's a crisis. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, is. Um, it is legitimately a situation. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want you to smell like that they, at they all. They literally have a situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we were wondering if there was any celebrity that you wanted to smell like. <laughs> who would it be? <laughs> who would it be? Yeah, what, what would the scent be called and what would it smell mm-hmm. like, too? Yeah, so what would it be called? What would it smell like? And, you know, why? You know, basically, what would you want to wear? Who would you want? And then why, you know? So we want you to write in, tell us, um, go over to the podcast episode page on relevantmagazine.com and tell us, you know, what the scent would be, what it would smell like, and why you'd want to wear it. Or you could follow the lead of innovators like Kyle Metzger, and you could call in to our podcast hotline at 407-660-1411. The extension is 126, not to be confused with Philip Self's extension, which commonly gets mistaken. Oh. Um, and, and, and you could call him just to tell him about it. <laughs> just to tell him about the cologne. Not to place an ad or anything. Just to tell him what, what you want to smell Please like. What would, what would a Philips Self cologne smell like and why? What does sales, what does relevant sales smell like? It would smell like money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dirty, nasty money. <laughs> um, so... So you could you could you could post it online, uh, or you could call us and we could play it on on the air. So so the question of the week is, what cologne, what celebrity cologne would you like to see, and why? <laughs> All right, so that uh, that'll wrap up this week's podcast. Many thanks to David Bazan for the live performances, and also to Jason Russell of Invisible Children. Uh, for talking to us. You can check them out at davidbazan.com and invisiblechildren.com. Make sure to tune in next week when we have two special guests that we're not going to tell you about. They're that special. <laughs> we're keeping them under a bushel. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's scriptures about not They're doing in a lot that. of trouble right now. Yeah. They can't breathe down there. <laughs> Please help the Literally two artists are trapped under a bushel. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Roxy Weeman. I'm Josh. Not Wyman. I'm Josh Loveless. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. On behalf of Chad Michael Snavely, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. We got religious people judging the whole world. We got pimps and hoes, ones, boys and girls. We got the media telling us who's to blame. But who's the media who's really running the game? Gotta get up, gotta shake it off. Cause life is long as the unsung song. Well, let me tell you, when you're wearing a shirt that has velvet angel wings and has rhinestones all over it that you paid 120 bucks for, they take you serious.